I am Peter Sherman in for Kelly Cotrera right here on Global News Radio. I'm getting used to saying that now. Are you uh, heading out later this week, like um, tomorrow, to buy an electric vehicle? No? No, I don't think so. And by the way, Ontario is so not going to meet its 2020 electric vehicle targets. Are you surprised? Let me tell you a little bit about where we are and where we're going, and then let's talk to an expert about uh, how we're going to get there. I remember when Premier McGuinty uh, was announcing at the time a $10,000 government subsidy if you bought an electric car. And I was I was there for the announcement. I, um, I was there when he drove around a parking lot. It was somewhere up in Markham, and he, he drove a Chevy Volt, and everybody applauded. And that was a number of years ago. It was the $10,000 subsidy, I think, came uh, when they um, b- helped bail out General Motors, which would have been the 08, 09 recession. So we're talking uh, nine years ago. Anyway, great. Uh, seems they spent some of our tax money on this stimulus, but we aren't anywhere near on track to hit targets that are, were set for the year 2020. We have put down tens of millions in subsidies. Not much to show for it. Look, um, this is car year for me, and my lease is expiring in the third quarter of 2018, and I, I've i been thinking about an electric, but my problem is I live outside of the city. I live in Niagara-on-the-Lake, as some of you may know, and if I drive into the radio station where we have parking but no charging, and then I drive home, I'm pretty well at battery limit, which might be fine if there's no problem on the QEW, but there's often a problem on the QEW, so I'm screwed. So I don't think that an electric vehicle is in my near future. And I, I think that um, and and price and general availability of charging facilities are all in the way of uh, that kind of growth. But who am I to say? Uh, I'm a person who uh, has met the following. Um, Dennis DeRosier, who is uh, an expert analyst in the automobile industry, has been for many years. Hello, Dennis. Howdy, howdy. Long time no chat. Well, you know what? The last time we chatted, I think it was in a caucus room at Queen's Park, so it goes back a ways. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, you've heard my preamble. Maybe you could just chime in with some comments of your own on what I've said, because where we stand, as you know, is under 1% of all vehicles in the province of Ontario are electric, uh, and the province had said 5% by 2020. Not anywhere near possible, is it? Uh, it doesn't appear to be, although although all roads do lead to electric. At some point, uh, consumers across Canada will be buying more electric vehicles, probably closer to 2030 than 2020. But uh, 2040, maybe? Well, by 2030, 2040, we, hopefully there's going to be a lot. Climate change is real, and so at some point we have to start embracing this technology. But your lead-up was actually quite good and insightful in that uh, an electric vehicle... Uh, does suit the odd family out there, but it doesn't fit all of your needs. And one of the barriers is that because it doesn't fulfill all your needs, and they are actually very limited in terms of the types of vehicles and the sizes of vehicles, most of the consumers that have bought one, we measured at about 85% of consumers who bought one, actually needed an internal combustion engine vehicle. We call them ICE vehicles as well. And so it's not just the fact that you can get a subsidy to make it more affordable. The fact is is that many people have to have an extra vehicle in the driveway anyway. And so it's a case of owning two instead of one or three instead of two, and that can be expensive. But, but, but in range certainly is the issue that's talked about the most. But one, a couple of the other hidden things. The vehicle companies are doing a fabulous job making their ICE vehicles more fuel efficient. The average ICE vehicle in the last 10 years is 25 to 35% more fuel efficient than 10 years ago. 
Let's say again the ICE vehicle, ICV is internal combustion vehicle, right? IC is internal combustion engine vehicle. Okay. okay? And somewhere between 25 and 35% more fuel efficient. So fuel efficiency is your goal, and fuel efficiency is, a, is directly related to greenhouse gases. So if you're an environmentalist and you want to lower greenhouse gases, you can go quite far uh, with doing that just by buying a new ICE vehicle. And why would you take the risk? This is what consumers tell us in our focus groups. Why would you take a risk of buying an electric vehicle uh, that may not totally meet all your needs or may not be the right size or type when you can just go out and buy a tried-and-true, trusted, trusted vehicle uh, and get much of what you're looking for anyway? Which is why we are where we are. And, and so I find it kind of passing strange that we've got the transport minister, Stephen Del Duca, out there saying, no, he's still quite hopeful that we can make 5% by 2020. Why would he say that? His, his program uh, of politics. putting charging stations up is not even on track. Well, it, it's, it's, it's politics, and he has to justify the millions that the government are pouring into this initiative, even though the initiative, to a large degree, is failing. And so that's what politicians do. They Oh, really? Okay. They, Sorry, I don't mean to be a smartass. <laughs> they, 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 they brag about these things. And the vehicle companies have to announce billions being spent on these kinds of, to develop these technologies to keep the politicians happy. And that's the great Say the great potential savings grace for electric vehicles is that vehicle company after vehicle company are li- are investing literally billions in trying to develop these products, and at some point they have to try to find a way to sell them, uh, or else that money will be down the drain. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, in just being a bit of a futurist myself and wishing I had another 50 years to stick around and see if I'm right, uh, it's, it strikes me that in 2030, certainly by 2040, we're not going to view as a society, or at least the society that's there is not going to view cars the way we do now. In other words, every single person doesn't have to have a vehicle. Well, and one of the big issues with greenhouse gases is that the ownership of vehicles in Canada is at record levels and continues to increase. And thus, this year, we're going to sell two million vehicles for the very first time. It used to be a million and a half was a record. And so ownership of vehicles is now up, pushing 90%. It wasn't that long ago where it was two-thirds of the driving age population. I would have thought that the... So Canadians are embracing vehicle ownership faster than any other developed country in the world. That's amazing. That's I would have amazing. thought that we were going to a place where batteries would become smaller and more efficient, where charging would be very quick and readily available, and where organizations like Uber and Lyft own most of them, and we just bought rides. But it's stunningly efficient to have a vehicle in your driveway. And you, because vehicles are so well built, they last and last and last. You can buy a 10- to 15-year-old vehicle that still has another fifty to 100,000 kilometers left in it, is affordable to repair, and you can get those vehicles for 5000 each dollars, give or take a few thousand. And that is incredibly low-cost and efficient way to get around. Our governments aren't putting any more uh, subways and mass transit into place. Mass transit is getting expensive on its own. And once you're into an old vehicle, even an older old vehicle, you love it. And then you move to a newer uh, or a newer, newer vehicle. And so vehicle ownership is entrenched in society. And so, now, I, I, granted, Uber is going to, or car sharing, period, uh, Uber, Lyft, there's a dozen of them out there, uh, is going to blunt that 
growth a little bit. But there's issues on on that side of the equation as well. So, so what's the general have... expertise at you, at people's level like your own? You talk to other guys who are in the industry. Is it generally uh, accepted that for the next ten, twenty, maybe even thirty years, we're still looking at individual car ownership? Absolutely. Wow. Uh, you know, now when you start looking at twenty forty, that's quite far. Twenty forty, twenty fifty, that's quite far out. But as far out as we can reliably. Uh, look at, and this is probably 2025 to 2030, uh, personal use vehicles are going to be still the primary means of transportation. They're going to be primarily 90-plus percent internal combustion engine vehicles. They're going to be uber-fuel efficient, and and they're going to be competitively priced. There's been no okay. price inflation for the longest time, and that's likely to continue. And there's largely then not going to be much room for the expansion of the electric vehicle as long as the the work on the ICE vehicles are going well. Well, but uh, true, but electric vehicles are real. They uh, The ones that are out there are very good. Uh, there's not a lot of choice, mind you. Um, but uh, And they will become more popular. It's just that some of these uh, uh, deadlines imposed by the government... Uh, tend to be very unrealistic. And there's odd things. Like Quebec has a, a zero-emission vehicle mandate coming up. It's upwards of uh, 5% by the mid-20s. Okay? The most fuel-efficient vehicle company out there, you would probably not guess this, is Mazda. Okay? They have the most fuel-efficient vehicle fleet in dealer's lots today. They don't have an electric vehicle. There you and go. So come the mandate for Quebec... Mazda won't be able, not that they're fine, they won't be able to sell. The most fuel efficient vehicle, the most environmentally friendly vehicle company, won't be able to sell vehicles in Quebec because of some stupid government regulation. So it's, you're, it's what you said before, politicians. It's politicians. And it's all about posturing then. Okay, you, you have certainly shed some light for me because I didn't know some of the things that you talked about. And notably that uh, we're, we're at a record level this year. That's great. Yeah, and I'm at a big, big, I am a big fan of electrifying the industries. It's going to be a very long and windy road. Well, I would be, yeah, you, you take your tongue out of your cheek when you talk about long and windy roads. Uh, I would buy an electric vehicle myself this year if I thought I could get away with it doing a 300-kilometer turnaround, but I don't. <laughs> there you go. Thank Stop you very that. much, Dennis. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. That was Dennis DeRosier. Dennis is uh, well-known and um, long in the tooth. I mean, long, he's been at it a long time, analyst in the automotive industry. And if you want to know something automotive, he's the guy that you ask. Interestingly, uh, if I take a look at what Stephen Del Duca, our transport minister, has said, and I'm quoting, we see what the numbers are currently. But again, when you look at not only the demand we've seen over the last few months, but the forecasted demand for the next three or four years, we do see and certainly do predict fairly sharp increases in people's appetite for electricity electric vehicles. It takes time to get people to change their behaviors, Del Duca said. People get very comfortable in their patterns, both as commuters and when they're making their product selections when they're looking at cars. Well, you know, I, I think that that is, um, it's a bit of what Dennis was talking about. It's polyspeak. The fact of the matter is if we're under 1% now, we're not getting anything close to 5% by 2020, and I doubt that we're getting to uh, to 3 Maybe, maybe, Mr. Del Duca, we'll get to uh, to 2 maybe. But um, without the charging stations and without the battery life, that's um, that's the fly in the ointment. And uh, battery life has to do with technology that at least, uh, at the very least, is in developmental stages now by guys like Elon Musk and not translatable to something that's affordable by those of you who are listening to me and by me. So that's it for the, uh, the story on electric vehicles. When we come back, uh, we'll take 
a little look at uh, marijuana legalization of cannabis, of course, coming I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, it's July 1st, so it's uh, less than seven months away. But uh, the general consensus is that it's far from uh, in a position to kill the black market. And I'm going to ask for your opinions on that at 870-6400 and star 640. Very, we don't we don't look at your uh, at your return phone numbers, and we don't we're not in a position to provide any of that stuff to anybody who's in authority. So you're anonymous if you choose to be, and you can use any name you want. I want to know from you if you smoke cannabis uh, or you use cannabis in any way, uh, if you would be uh, one of those people who's going to go seeking one of the 40 stores that are opening to sell you what you need as of next July 1st, 40 stores in the whole province, or whether you're going to keep doing business with the guy who's your friend's friend who gets you your dope. You let me know. 870-6400, star 640. That's the topic when we come back on The Kelly Contreras Show. Peter Sherman sitting in on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.